0: So, you know, this dates back to 2000 to 1000 BCE, right? And Atharvaveda Veda was one of the Vedas where hemp or cannabis or bhang, you know, was described as a source of happiness, joy giver, or, you know, something that gives you freedom, right? So there, if we talk about just the Vedas, you know, it was more towards how this plant was used towards a, a spiritual well-being, right? If that makes any sense. And when we tone it down a little bit in terms of Ayurveda, um, there are definite scriptures, right, wherein there are classical formulations listed um, to treat a plethora of ailments, for example, epilepsy, rabies, anxiety, bronchitis. Um, And these are some traditional medicines, right, which are combined with other herbs as well, but having hemp or bhang as one of its key ingredients.
1: start off i want to rewind and go back seven to eight years from today you were working in the real estate industry in the us Mm -hmm. so um, can you talk a little bit more about what were you doing what really made you realize you wanted to go back to india uh, and into the cannabis industry
0: sure sure Um, so actually it started off way before that so this was back in 2010 2011 uh, when we first entered the us or prior to that for my education right and this was in the architectural engineering area Um, and after that started working in the real estate um, development business now what happened was during that time the green rush the cannabis rush just just started to happen right the bubble was just starting to create and it was interesting for me because you know something that I have seen personally as a recreational product you know around friends around you know people was making a comeback um, for its benefits, whether that was for edible purposes or medicinal or therapeutic um, or even clothes for that matter, right? So my mind was like, oh, what, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, the investors I was working with at the time uh, in real estate development, you know, started investing in this space as well. So really got a firsthand experience of what was really happening. Why the product was, why the plant was actually getting so much limelight, and you know what, what were the associations with it? Whether that was from the past, whether that was from the present, or how it was all happening, right? And looking back to when I started my real estate journey, I always had that thing in mind that hey, you know, we are seeing so much amount of waste while we are, you know, developing a project while we are developing a property. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we do with that, right? And once I started researching on it, interestingly enough, you know, started finding these hemp materials um, to do construction, right? Which were carbon negative, which could actually absorb CO2 um, mm-hmm. from your home, you know, wow. throughout, throughout its life cycle. And that got, you know, that was like a aha movement for me, that, hey, whoa, this is a plant that is giving its benefits for the, the health, the medicine, even for our construction and for food. Um, looking back, and another interesting thing that happened was um, the first time I entered the US, um, you know, saw tons of yoga studios every corner of the block. Right. And at the time I was a person who wasn't really involved in yoga. And you know, people my age, you know, 25, 30 year olds were, or Indians, I would say, you know, most of the Indians would say that, hey this is something that is not for me, it is for someone who is 50, 60 years old, they have too much time on their hands and they can mm-hmm. go out for yoga. And this was what we were looking in the US becoming mainstream. So the idea was that, hey, you know, we don't want cannabis or Pahang you know, to be the same way that people from the Western worlds are starting to capitalize on that, starting to do more research, accepting the plant more. Um, as we as Indians who have had, you know, a significant amount of um, a correlation, right? A relation with the plant for generations, whether that's using seed in in the hilly areas as hench chutney or um, medicines being described and formulated under Ayurveda, Siddha or Unani natural forms of medicine. Um, So that is what sparked, right? That, hey, we need to go back. We need to find a way to bring this to India. How do we do it?
1: That makes a lot of sense. Also, uh, Rohit, you talk a lot about. I mean, I have seen uh, your articles in various publications, and you talk a lot about linking hemp with Ayurveda, like you just mentioned. So, what is what is this relationship like? I mean, um, in in the Hindu, in the whole Hindu culture, I know that um, hemp has been described in a lot of places but is it also there in Ayurveda like uh, for proper treatment of uh, certain yes, conditions?
0: absolutely so you know this dates back to 2000 to 1000 BCE right and Atharveda was one of the Vedas where hemp or cannabis or bhang you know was described as a source of happiness joy giver or you know something that gives you freedom right so there if we talk about just the Vedas you know, it was more towards how this plant was used towards a a spiritual well-being, right, if that makes any sense. And when we tone it down a little bit in terms of Ayurveda, um, there are definite scriptures, right, wherein there are classical formulations listed um, to treat a plethora of ailments, for example, epilepsy, rabies, anxiety, bronchitis. Um, And these are some traditional medicines, right, which are combined with other herbs as well, but having hemp or bhang as one of its key ingredients.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, before we get into some more details, can yeah. you quickly just clarify the differences between hemp, cannabis, CBD? And um, so can you just demystify all these terms, classify them a little bit for us?
0: Absolutely. Um, so, you know, this goes back to there is just one plant, hemp, herb, cannabis, right, or bhang as we call it. For generations now what happened was why cannabis why hemp hemp was categorized as a plant wherein they had less than 0.3 percent thc levels Right, that is what was categorized as hemp a species of the cannabis family which had less than 0.3 percent thc or has less than 0.3 percent thc is determined to be hemp now under the hemp category then you'll have another you know various species of the hemp plant which are grown for specific reasons for example a hemp plant can be used to grow just the seeds or just to harvest the seeds out of it why because the seed becomes a health and wellness product this derived products from the seed becomes health and wellness products yeah right um then a hemp plant can be grown just for the fiber now what will happen if it is grown for a fiber that plant will not be like a three feet four feet um you know, in height, but it'll be like a 10 feet, 12 feet in height. Why? Because, you know, you need long fibers to have better yarn, better fabrics, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. The third type of hemp plant that you could grow is a hemp plant which is rich in various cannabinoids, right? Now, what are cannabinoids? Cannabinoids are these CBD, THC, and then another, you know, array of cannabinoids like CBA, CBG, CBN. What do they do? They interact with our endocannabinoid system which is already present in our body um, to give you certain effects whether that's a euphoric effect because of thc or whether that's a medicinal effect without the euphoric psychoactive compound thc and that's what people are going crazy about cbd so i think that is how you know it has been differentiated and you know this craze about cbd 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 out there in the entire world this is because an active ingredient has been found in a plant naturally grown, which can treat a lot of ailments, which can help prevent a lot of ailments, whether that's arthritis, whether that's insomnia, whether that's anxiety, whether that's depression, right? And if we take this a step further, right, and if these extracts are derived from the cannabis plant, meaning the cannabis plant would have more than 0.3% THC levels, And at the same time, these cannabinoid profiles for how much CBD content is there, how much CBG, CBA, and so on and so forth. If there are different ratios of these things, you can actually go out there and create medicines out of it, which can actually help with cancer pain management, you know, epilepsy, scoliosis, psoriasis.
1: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And also, uh, Rohit, I... um... I want to talk about particularly about what is regulated in India, what is not regulated in India. But before that, um, I want to get into some more details on um, how is it like to get into such a highly regulated and a sensitive sector? Because a lot of people are skeptical about this. A lot of people do not understand in a complete sense what the whole CBD cannabis sector is about. Mm. Um, there are a lot of myths that we'll get to, but firstly, I want to ask from a startup founder perspective: How difficult is it to get uh, a founding team, for example? And generally, what are the challenges in the early days for a founder in such an industry?
0: Well, um, it was it was a roller coaster, right? Honestly, um, why it was like that? Because you know we were trying to not just create a company we have been trying to create a category, right? Wherein, um, if we start from the licensing levels, the authorities, the authorities, you know, it was hard for them to understand that we're not trying to sell a drug because exactly. the plant has been yeah. seen for generations as a drug, yeah. right? And even if we were just talking about the seed, the seed doesn't have those psychoactive compounds, THC, right? Um, they were just not able to understand it. So we had to go out there, um, you know, find the right references, give them the right reports, do the right trials, tests um, in order for them to understand,, that, hey, yes, this is how it is. this is a health and wellness product and it's not a drug. Um, if we talk about, let's say, the e-commerce platforms, right, again, they were not able to understand this. Why will this make you high? That was their question. <laughs> well are you, yeah. are you are you really allowed to sell these products, mm-hmm. right? Um, So those were bigger challenges for us in in the initial years, wherein, you know, anybody who we talked to, either they just laughed at our faces, or they were like, all right, you know, let's see what you can do, if you are able to produce the right information, um, then we can really, you know, try to talk to you and give you some time, the supply chain, right, the Mm -hmm. supply chain was a huge issue, because, you know, when we entered the hemp seed space in the country, uh, nobody was actually doing this. In a licensed way, quality manufactured and retailed in the country. Um, so we really had to dig down, dig deep into every single policy that was out there, uh, which was defining this, right? And there are a plethora of authorities involved. It's not just one. So we had to, you know, uh, file paperwork, get licenses in order to have a proper supply chain, find the right farmers who are allowed to sell the product, and in turn, you know, bring into our facilities and start processing it. And if we talk about the manufacturing aspects of it, um, the machines didn't exist in India, because nobody was actually making hemp hearts in the country, right? Um, So for us, we had two options, either to go out there and just, you know, source the machines from, you know, any other country out there who's already doing it. Uh, But we chose to go the other route, and we, you know, did some research and got them made in the country. So yeah, a lot of different challenges that were involved.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, what about the founding team? Um, do you how, did you find people who were already sold on the whole hemp in India idea, yeah. or did you have to find friends and common friends and connections and then convince them that this is going to be a big industry and <laughs> convince them to join you?
0: Um, it was. It was a mixture of both but I would say you know the founders all three of us we have been friends for you know over a decade and a half now and we were wow. there we were there in the states you know studying there together and all three of us saw that you know cannabis rush being rushed that was happening um over the years all three of us came back and you know with that idea of hey this is something that we want to do so it was pretty much straightforward for us that hey yeah that's what And this is how we want to bring this forward. Uh, But moving on from the founders team to, you know, building a team, creating a team, whether that was for our marketing, whether that was for, uh, you know, the machines or uh, the packaging, everywhere we went, right? The first stare of that person was, are you serious? Are you really (laughs) trying to work with cannabis? (laughs) I can absolutely imagine. (laughs) So that was definitely there.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, like you said, there are a lot of common myths about hemp. Uh, Most people think uh, that you're selling drugs. It's the whole usage in India, the whole legality angle. So I I want you to talk more about these myths, as in what your friends or family would have asked you when you were starting off. I'm sure there would be some really funny ones too there.
0: um, I remember the first time I talked to my family about this. So, you know, you can really imagine a guy, you know, working in real estate, coming back to India and telling his family that, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to work with cannabis. They, they were, I remember the, the 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 time, right? It was like a two-minute pause in, in the house. And like everybody was just staring at me. And they were like, come again. Can you please elaborate this further? Cannabis, bhang, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was very interesting. But then, you know, once you... Educate people
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the benefits of it, and once they start using it. So, for example, with my family, um, they actually started using the product. Right, my mm-hmm. my grandfather started starts. He's been using the oil um, mm-hmm. forever now for his you know just his dry skin, mm-hmm. and my grandmom, she has a very sensitive smell, uh, but she loves to eat hemp hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's just because, you know, of that nutty, oily flavor, which gives her that same feeling when she eats those pumpkin seeds. Hmm. But this is something that has been, you know, um, processed in-house. So she is much more accustomed to that now. Right, right, Um, right. You know, other things would be, we, you know, for example, the first few times we went into um, exhibitions, right? We did these stalls, farmers markets and all those things. So, you know, questions like, will this get as high? Am I going to get high with that? And then even if we would have samplers, right, uh, people would not take them. People would not eat them. So there was that, you know, blanket of stigma um, that has been ingrained upon us for years and years and years that this is just a drug. This is just a problematic plant um, has been subconsciously ingrained everywhere.
1: Yeah. And also, um, there are like a lot of things that go on, go on and about about uh, CBD and the um, the the different kinds of uses that people have associated with that. So there mm-hmm. are definitely certain negative elements. Like there are certain kinds of uses that are that have a negative connotation. Um, I mean, and and because of that, it's a highly highly regulated sector, right? Mm-hmm. So um, can you sort of differentiate between? Uh, the kind of narcotics that can be derived from the plant and the kind of products that actually have a lot of health plus recreational benefits.
0: So it, it's pretty simple, right? If we just talk, talk about our country, India, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are there is central excise, there is state excise that controls the plant, you know, in general, wherein they have determined that the fiber And the seeds of the plant are non-psychoactive, right? And they don't come under the purview of excise, meaning they can be sold as an agricultural commodity because they don't have that psychoactive compound, THC. They don't give you a high, they cannot be misused. Then comes the leaf of the plant. The leaf of the plant is categorized as medicinal, which means that companies like us who are manufacturers, licensed manufacturers in this space, we are able to procure... Um, the leaf raw material from the state excise department in order to formulate certain products, medicines um, under you know these um, natural forms of medicines like Ayurveda, um, Siddha, Yunani, and even if you know somebody is able to under phytopharmaceuticals, which is plant-based pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
0: The fourth thing comes the flower of the plant right which we call the weed, the ganja, the bhang whatever you call it right? yep. Yep. Um, that is a strict no so that is something that is deemed a 100% psychoactive uh, compound within the country uh, product within the country which cannot be used in any shape form or the other
1: mm-hmm. okay. so is there is the is the whole regulation around hemp cultivation in india because i believe it only came uh, like hemp cultivation was only legalized in india i think a few years back uh, yeah, prior to yeah prior to that it was completely illegal right so um, and you started off in 2017 so yeah. um, can you can you talk a bit more about how it was like because it was a legal gray area right mm-hmm. so you you weren't sure what to cultivate how to cultivate it and I think there were only certain states which were allowed to cultivate hemp plant so can you talk a bit more about what was the regulation like what is it what is it like now and what does the future hold for the whole regulation space
0: Sure. Um, so the current regulation, as it stands, um, in terms of cultivation, there is Uttarakhand that legalized cultivation in 2018. Um, the policy states that the plant needs to be less than 0.3% THC levels, which means that they want you to cultivate a hemp crop, right? Mm-hmm. Which which will not give you any high if you use yep. any part of the pro- any part of the plant, right? Um, The interesting part is just because of the geographical and climatic conditions we have in the state, um, you know, it's very tough to grow that plant, even if, you know, individuals or companies bring in seeds or cultivars from a foreign country um, and try to stabilize it, the THC levels go up. Um, And that has been an issue with the cultivation policy that currently exists in Uttarakhand. Apart from that, there are research policies that exist in the state of UP, MP, um, and even Orissa. And these are the three states that are also on the verge of um, you know, coming out with policies to um, for commercial cultivation. Okay. And another one is Himachal Pradesh. So recently, I think this was about 30 days ago or so, um, yeah. the CM of uh, Himachal um, you know, proposed um, to legalize cannabis cultivation, c- controlled cannabis cultivation in the state. Um in one of the budgets recently. Um okay. so hopefully, you know, Himachal would be another state that legalizes it very soon. But at the end of the day, you know, the issues arise with the geographical locations and what you're allowed to grow there. Mm-hmm. So Uttarakhand, you know, people are just not allowed to grow. Uh they're not able to grow, even if they're allowed to grow.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And also, um, is there is there like a particular association within India, which lobbies for this because it's a huge, huge, I believe, and also since Himachal, like you said, recently is planning to legalize the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a it's a huge source of income for the state and, and the whole economy, the whole <laughs> state economy, especially if you talk about Himachal and Uttarakhand, because like you said, the conditions are um, sort of very conducive um, for for growing this crop. So. Um, Do you think it's the whole whole legality perspective, the whole regulation perspective also comes in at a time where states are trying to independently push the economy further? And how big do you think is this market for industrial hemp or as a consumer product? How do you think the market is like now in India? Is it more like an export market? Is is it more domestic consumption? And how is it going to look like in the future?
0: sure um there are associations in the country um but you know everybody is working in their own capacity so just because the industry is so small um i personally believe that you know a lot more companies are not able to work together and that is why our industry is not able to grow in the right manner right that has been one okay. of the pain points um, and even if we talk about associations, right, I don't think there is an association that exists that is actually, you know, working with everybody out there. We are not a lot of companies, right? We went from eight startups. This was in early 2020, I would say, or prior to that, to over a 100 startups in the space in a matter of 12 to 18 months. Oh, wow. Right. But um, I don't think there is an organization association that exists. Mm. which has onboarded over 10 companies. Mm-hmm. So that lag is, is really important. That needs to be fulfilled somehow mm-hmm. right, to bring everybody together. Right. Uh, but apart from that, you know, there are bigger companies, there are you know, established companies that have been trying to work with the government officials to give them the right reports, the documentations that they need and the help they need in order to have the right dialogue um, towards a progressive policy. So for example, FSSAI, the Food Regulating Authority in India, um, last year in October, they released a public draft notification to regulate hemp seeds in the country. And that is a huge step, right? Um, so hopefully this year, will, they'll pass this into law. Once that happens, you know, there'll be a tsunami of these second generation, third generation products made from the seed that you'll see in the market, for example, hemp butters, hemp pastas, hemp milk, hemp cookies, um, whatever you name it, right? Um, hemp energy bars, chocolates, candies, whatever you see in these Western worlds, you know, taking taking the health and wellness industry by a storm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. these kinds of policies will definitely, you know, bring the hemp and cannabis industry in India to a certain level where we can be heard where the government also sees us as a big revenue generating big employment generating industry, which we have the potential for, because, you know, if you look at the plant, if you go back to the plant, you know, we have 25,000 products that can be made from this single plant. And even in India, you know, there are a lot of companies who are not just working with the seed or the leaf, right? There are companies who are trying to um, do construction materials out of it. There are companies who are doing stationery out of it, papers, um, books, um, things of those nature, right? Fabrics. Um, there's a company I know in Pune, they've been working with um, you know, different innovations and they created an exhaust muffler for, for one of the motorbikes,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: which okay. actually absorbs a lot of carbon. So it has like a hemp filter, inside the exhaust muffler wow. so tons of innovations it's just about you know bringing everybody together in one place so that the voice is much larger as opposed to you know just everybody trying to shout in their own yeah, little, yeah you know bubbles
1: yeah 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 i mean absolutely and also there needs to be um a, an association like a, a group of people who voice out their concerns, voice out their opinions to the government also. Because I think um, since the governments are also moving in that direction where they're starting to put in more investments in uh, hemp research and, and setting up uh, legal frameworks to make sure that the cultivation the whole cultivation process is sort of hassle-free. Yeah. I think I think it's really important to have like one voice from all the 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 industry at least, right? Sure. Um, so, Rohit, um, my next question is around. Uh, so, you recently raised money from investors. Congratulations on that! I Thank think you. that's a that's a huge breakthrough because I mean, I I started off in an industry which was very very niche, very new. Um, back in 2017, I started off in the gov tech sector, the government tech sector, and oh, I know wow. it's I know it's very hard to raise money when you are particularly dealing in a sector which is full of regulation. Um, Absolutely, and which is new with the se- a sector which has not seen many success stories per se because I think initial investors do want to look at that. Um, so, how was the whole fundraising experience like? Um, did you have any specific investors in mind? What was the investor response like? Tell us something more about that.
0: So, honestly, you know, this whole exercise for us, you know. Are we really going out there to, in, uh, to raise funds or not? This started out just when COVID started out, right? Because everything got shut and we were like, what, what's the next step? How do we, you know, we were getting good tractions. We started onboarding these companies to white label for, right? And people were flooding into the market with the hemp products. Um, so the whole XA started, um, you know, back in April um, to raise funds. And the interesting thing was we just went out there and started sharing our stories, right? Like, hey, this is what we do. This is how we do it. These are the regulations that exist in the country. And this is, these are the licenses that we hold to actually sell these products legally um, in the country and even export them. Um, and that's how things started out. Um, interestingly enough, um, you know, we were able to raise funds. It took us about three to four months to actually establish everything together. Um and we were able to close that round. Um, I would say anybody, any investor that we talked to, um, the first and foremost question they had was around regulations, right? Are we yep. are we investing in a company that is legally doing the work or there is a gray or it is illegal, or what what exactly where exactly the regulations stand? Mm-hmm. That was one of the questions. But you know, the other interesting aspect that we saw was that people were ready to invest in this category. Mm -hmm. Why? Because of the affirmations that everybody has seen in the Western world, how, you know, a plant, how its products are being accepted by mass audience and the growth the companies are seeing in the Western world. So that affirmation was definitely there. And the other interesting thing for us was because we were, just a seed processing company, right? We're just working with the seed. We have health and wellness products currently in our um, you know product portfolio. Um, and prior to us, any company that had um, received funds, they were not just working with you know the fibers or the fabrics, but they were working with the cannabis leaf, medicinal products. So having an investment in the seed space uh, was huge in a in a manufacturing yeah. company as opposed to an asset light model where you know people are just going after brands and trying to just get that you know 10x 20x growth for, for for a little bit of period of time right 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 right
1: and also um i mean the whole breaking the whole taboo around the benefits of cannabis like not just with the investors but also with the customers i think um a lot of a lot of your marketing effort is going to go towards uh, that side so my uh, i i my last question rohit is around um what's the future look like for hemp horizons like you have essentially broken into an industry you're bringing in change the way people see hemp and its uses right so um Now that you've raised funds, what what is the next step? What are the kinds of products that you are going to invest into? Is it going to be more R&D? Is it going to be deeper penetration into the markets? What are the next three to five years looking like for you?
0: I think for us, you know, we aim to become a vertically integrated company um, because of the nature of products that we deal in, right? And I'm not just talking about the seed products, but the cannabis leaf extracts, which are medicinal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There is there is a certain set of audience or i would say everybody out there doesn't really understand how these products need to be used or what product is used for what ailment or what product gives you what benefit right right and at the same time there is always that fear that am i using a product that has the quality that will that has that efficacy to give me the right benefits mm-hmm. right so for us it is very important to manufacture quality products and dispense them the right way and take that step a bit further um, and trace the product right back to its source so when i say vertically integrated we aim to you know go to a place where each and every single product of ours can can have that traceability right back to its source so that the customers you know have that comfortable feeling that hey i'm using a product that is grown processed packed and delivered by the same company. And it's not changing hands. It's not, you know, going from one place to 10 different places and then reaching me. Um, So that's the kind of trust and faith we we are aiming for in the next three to five years. Um, In terms of product, uh, we definitely aim to do more and more innovations with the hemp seed products in the health and wellness space. Um, So we recently launched a chocolate hemp powder Um, a flavored hemp powder which currently doesn't we don't have that in the country right so Mm -hmm. this is the first Um, we will be coming out with another interesting uh, product made from the hemp seed this will be like an edible um, you know I I won't say it any further (laughs) I guess (laughs) Um, and we are also um, coming out with a plethora of cannabis leaf extracts again manufactured packed Mm -hmm. delivered by us nobody else right so that's huge these will be topicals and edibles, um, you know, directed towards certain ailments.
1: I think the whole, I think the whole sector of CBD in India is is a huge, huge opportunity. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure um, big FMCG companies are not like, they, they will not publicly get into it. So
0: not yet. So right. for example, the seed, once these seed products become legal under FSSAI, right? Yeah. That is when you know, these big FMCG companies would also start looking into it. Right, right, right.
1: Because, because they, they
0: have... See the scale of it, right? Yeah. Uh, scale yeah. is not as huge for them to even, you know, mm. start looking at this as an industry or a moneymaker.
1: Right, right, right. I'm, I'm sure, I mean, internally, there might, be, uh, there might be discussions about it, but they can't publicly say that they are coming up with this product because I think... Again, it's it's a lot about public perception of the product. If there's a if there's an FMCG company that's particularly doing something or something in this space, it might sort of hamper the kind of public perception without telling them that it's that that it's a it's a product which is helpful for your. Uh, like it has health benefits and all, all sorts of things.
0: One hundred percent, man. Like we've seen and we've have, we've have had meetings with a lot of these, you know, these sharks and big giants. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't take names, but yeah, they are definitely looking at it. They are working, um, in their own space with it. It's just mm-hmm. it's not just heard out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you think do you think there is like a huge huge opportunity in terms of um so. Since you are building a B two C product, right? Mm-hmm. So you are directly you will be a vertically integrated. I'm not sure if you want also do like B two B at a certain, um, like some somewhere within the within the chain.
0: So but... currently, uh, how we run our business is we are white labeled to ninety percent of the brands that you see out there today.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And uh, we run our own brand, right? Okay, okay. So the idea is to you know open up our facilities to everybody and anybody. Why? Because licensing is a minefield in the country right now. Right. Right? And let alone setting up a manufacturing facility and then going out there to um, do consumer stuff, right? Whether that's marketing, packaging, branding, mm-hmm. um, whatever you call it, that that takes a toll over your expenses
1: mm-hmm. right? Yeah. and the
0: time it takes to actually set it up. So, you know, Starting from April 2020 and a few months prior to that, you know, mm-hmm. we saw all these people becoming so much aware um, with these hemp products. And mm-hmm. the reason was um, Corona, you know, yeah. people started reading about what can I eat, which is not meat, which is not non-veg, right? Mm-hmm. And hemp was sitting right in the middle of all these articles for health and wellness plant-based supplements. Right. We saw all these, you know, newer brands coming to the space, older brands wanting to add these products um, into their product portfolios. Mm -hmm. And we opened up a white labeling facility, right? So, manufacturing for, you know, brands like India Hemp & Co, based out of Bangalore, uh, Hemis, Wild Leaf, uh, Digilicious, Hemp Healthy Harvest, Himalayan Hemp Company, Ayurveda Essentials, um, Norm, a lot of them, a lot of brands that you see out there today. Wow, That's, that's super interesting.